Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. No, I was like fully, I was like, if I'm in this, then I'm going to go all the way. And then so eventually, like, you know, we started making out and then, oh, it's about to get juicy in here. Hey guys, welcome back to TK's Juicy Pod. I am here today with the one and only Zach Peter. Hello. So I was literally stalking you today as us podcast hosts do. And I was obsessed, first of all, with your website. Thank it's you. like so professional. I have actually never seen anyone have such a great website. Thank you. I mean, I literally, it. it's so easy to book you. All myself. You like, killed I it. I Googled like how to do it. If anyone needs like advice on like how <laughs> to make a website and like how to be marketable to people, I highly suggest looking at yours. I'm not thank kidding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You want to plug it? Yeah. Justplainzack.com. Yeah. I mean, honestly. And how did you make it? Squarespace. Okay. Love that. Like it's like a template and then I'm like, okay, this works and let's put a photo here and, and type my name. Okay. And yeah. I did it. Literally, I was like, I felt like I had an idea of what you were like and then I went to your website and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, I know so much now. So I was like, this is very easy for me. It is all out there. So yeah, on your website and your Instagram bio and stuff, it says TV host, mm-hmm. podcaster, writer, and pop culture junkie, Zach Peter. Okay, so we're going to pause the episode really quickly so I can talk about literally one of my favorite things on the planet, da 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 Anchor. So if you haven't heard about Anchor before, it's basically the easiest way to make a podcast 
period. Let me just explain to you what they have. First of all, it's free, which like nothing's free anymore. So I feel like that's already your number one winner. Second of all, there's like all these different creation tools on the platform where you can make your own podcast and like you can record and edit it right from your phone or your computer, which is like crazy because you don't need all this fancy equipment. And like I said, it's free. So you're saving money that way too. And then my personal favorite thing about Anchor and like the main reason why I use it is because Anchor will literally distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on all different platforms that like basically any podcast can be distributed. So it can be heard through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. So all you do is submit your podcast link and they literally distribute it everywhere for you, which is incredible. And overall, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So it's super easy. I can't recommend it enough. I personally use this every week and I just love it so much. I recommend it to every one of my friends that wants to start a podcast. Even my brother uses it. So it's very user friendly and I definitely recommend. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So don't miss your opportunity to make an awesome podcast and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back into the episode. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Mwah. What would you say is your main thing? Now I'm at a place where I am comfortable calling myself a writer and a podcaster. Like those are my two things. Got I'm you. a writer podcaster. And you have two podcasts, I noticed. Because mm-hmm. I knew about the no filter one, but the other one's adulting? Yes. So okay. one's hashtag no filter with Zach Peter, and that's where we do pop culture news and celebrity interviews. Yes. You were on the show. That's what, yeah. Everyone interview. go listen to our episode. <laughs> and then the other one is called hashtag adulting life hacks to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. So that one we bring on like experts and like thought leaders and like pick their brains about like how to get our shit together. We've had everyone from Jillian Michaels to Dr. Drew to Bulletproof's Dave Asprey. So yeah, we've had Oh wait, shut up. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Dave Asprey. He's so sweet. Oh my God, there's, I have so much to talk to you about. Okay, how'd you get him on on the show? I actually knew him through- My mom's um, like obsessed with him. She literally- I love him. I ended up connecting with his Bulletproof company through my writing that I do for pop sugar and then I yeah I like to like see like what they would most be interested do you have the book coming out that they would rather promote on a podcast or did they need an article about a launch that they're doing and then I kind of build the relationship from there copy that so smart speaking of pop sugar Mm -hmm. you wrote this article Mm. about podcasters or up and coming podcasts or whatever can you tell me a little bit about that and like how you found me and like how we like connected and stuff yeah yeah. so pop sugar is like we want to do a bunch of of podcast roundups and originally it was like one or two that they you know were thinking of doing and I was like yeah I'm down I'll do it and I really wanted to do it because I know how much it would mean to me if somebody had featured one of my podcasts on on a publication like Pop Sugar and I was like I know so many good podcasters I listen to so many good shows that I wanted to like be able to spread the love yeah and so I took on like one or two of the roundups and they did really well so they had me continue to do more of them and then I was like let's do one on like you know people that are maybe have a smaller social media influence. They don't have like 5 million followers or like 9 million. Followers. Yeah. They're not like a Joey Graceff or yeah. a Grace Helbig, but they're still, you know, very impactful on social media that also have podcasts and they're like, oh my God, we love the idea. Yeah. And so I continued to dig more in, into doing research into different influencers. Uh-huh. And then I found your Instagram and yeah. I loved your polls and I was like, this is such a fun concept. Uh, 
you're and so I started fun. listening to the podcast. Yeah. Whose other podcast or whatever did you find mine through? I think it was through Remy Cruz and Alicia. And Alicia's Marie. the pretty basic. Yeah. Okay, got you. Which is funny because I work for Alicia. Yeah. So you write for Pop Sugar, mm-hmm. I'm which a is so epic. So what does that mean? So I'm a contributor, so I can come in and pitch them ideas. Sometimes they give me ideas, or sometimes they put out assignments for the contributors, and we can like take them on a first come first serve basis. So I'm not like a full time employee. I'm more of just like an independent contractor that kind of dips in and out. When a writer comes in, is it like you like for me as like if I were to film something mm-hmm. and for the day, I would probably get paid by the day or like yeah. have a rate. Do you like a, a rate that you give them for per article or yes. how does that work? So as a contributor, I get a rate per article. Okay. Per article. And it normally depends on the amount of work that it would take to, to do. To like if it's in. an interview or if it's like an event coverage, like that's going to be a little more than, you know, something that's like a personal essay. Got it. Okay. Okay, cool. So you started writing all about all these podcasts, which I feel like that article did well. I don't it know really about on did. your end, but like on my end, I like saw it in all my friends' Instagram yeah. stories and stuff. No, people love it. I mean, and, and to me, like, look, I, my podcasts aren't featured on any of the articles and like that would be a little funky of me to put my own podcast in, you know, a, a coverage article like that. But like for me, I was just like, I really just want to spread the love in a way like I have the opportunity to like share other people and like I'm not looking for anything other than hopefully to build connections with them. Like I love did. that. No, and literally five seconds after I saw that article, yeah. I was like, who is this guy wanting on my <laughs> podcast? I've been hustling since I was like 15 years old. I mean, younger than that, since I was like seven years old. And I was like selling, you know, bootleg CDs to kids at school. Yeah, um, I love I, it. But like, yeah, I've always been a hustler. I always like to just spread the love any chance I can. So how did you find the other podcasts too? Really just going on, list, going to the podcast that I already listened to regularly. Uh-huh. And then on iTunes, they have like the, the requested, requ- the, the recommended it. ones. And then I just kept listening and, you know, building over the summer, just listening to different shows and, and building my list. Yeah. I mean, it was such a good article. I was literally shook. I was literally like, wait, I'm on this. How and why? (laughs) (laughs) And it was so cool because obviously like a bunch of my friends, like gals on the go, I'm like best friends with Brooke and Danielle, Ashley and Taryn from Unsolicited and then Remy and Alicia from Pretty Basic, which I'm sure there was even more that I'm missing, but it was so cool. I loved it. So speaking of podcasts, who are your favorite podcasts to listen to? Currently, my favorite is The Skinny Confidential. Same. That's my favorite. Same, 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 same. Just because I always learn so much from their It's like cheeky, fun, juicy, but also you learn so much. Mm -hmm. So it's like a nice mix, I feel like, for people like us. Mm -hmm. When I don't want to listen to someone like talking to a wall, giving me information. I want it to be fun and entertaining, which I feel like they do such a good job with. And didn't you have Lauren on your pod? Yeah, I know Lauren. I've had her on both of my shows, actually. I had her on No Filter, and then I had her and Michael on Adulting. So how'd you do that? I think I just reached out via email. Really? And it took like months and you know their team was like oh we don't know and we'll see and then because I, I originally wanted to get both of them on because I just think podcasting is such a great way to like network with people it and is. meet people and like just like pick people's brain and they even talk about it on their podcast like Mike was always saying like don't ask me to go for coffee because that's such a you know not efficient use of either of our time but like you know ask them to do your podcast or ask them to interview them for a website or whatever leverage you have that you can whatever value you have that you can offer them you know lead with that and you're more likely to get their attention 
attention. Yes. Love that. So actually I want to touch base and pause on like my notes for a second and talk about the don't take people for coffee thing. Mm -hmm. Some people have a very strong opinion about Mm -hmm. this. So basically for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, actually the skinny confidential had a whole, well, the him and her show. I know I listened to a podcast following that one and it was with Ryan holiday and they said that they kind of got blasted for it and people were like wait why the heck would you say that because because they were saying never ask someone just to get coffee because it's a waste of time but also in LA I feel like it's kind of like the culture to like meet people via coffee so what are your thoughts on that and do you understand where they're coming from I just I would love to know because I feel like yeah especially when you're younger and like you're trying to make it in a way it's like how do you network with these people no absolutely I understand where they're coming from and I agree with them to like an 80% degree. I would agree with that. Because I understand how somebody that's really busy doesn't necessarily have time to like go somewhere to have coffee with you. That's why I've always leveraged like my podcast or something that like they said, you need to give the other person some sort of value other because they're basically, even though it's free, even though you're buying them a coffee, like I can buy my own fucking coffee. You have to give them a reason to actually invest in that time because that time is so much more valuable than the the expense that they would pay for the coffee and they still have to take time out of their day and drive over to the coffee shop and sit with you and go through all the basic small talk and all that BS you know yeah so if you don't get coffee and you don't have a podcast how the heck do you get connected how do you provide value for them I mean I think it's unique to every person you know I mean for me I have two podcasts with two very different areas of focus adulting is obviously you know lifestyle and personal development and then no filters a lot more celebrity pop culture based and then and, you know, and then I have to like pop sugar, like pop sugar has been a great way for me to connect with yeah. people as well. Cause I can, you know, I can write that's how I got like Dr. Mark Hyman to come on my shows. Yeah. I featured his book on pop sugar and it built the connection from there. So I think you just really have to look at everything that you have on the table and be like, you know, what, what can I offer? Everybody has something to offer. You just have to get creative with how to do that. Maybe it's a blog, maybe it's your Instagram. that's really popular. Maybe you're like, Hey, can you do a call in on my Instagram? And we do an Instagram Q and a live for got 15 it. minutes. Got it. And that fosters that connection. Completely agree. What are your thoughts on like if someone asks you to get coffee? Like, are you down or like, does yeah. it depend on the person? No, I mean, I think it depends. On, I just actually just went and grabbed coffee with somebody yesterday. Okay. Somebody on Instagram, they're like, I'm going to be in Los Angeles. I would love to meet with you for like 30 minutes to pick your brain. And I did. And I met this woman and we had a really great conversation. And it was it was actually really nice. I mean, it did take a lot of time out of my day that I understand it's not the most time efficient. But I mean, it really just depends on the person for me. I'm happy to do it. But you have have to give me like a really good reason as to why we're going to meet. Yeah, I guess it just hit home with me a little bit because I get it. I totally get it. And like even sometimes when people ask me for coffee, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to or I don't have time or whatever. But it's also crazy because I would not have my job right now had I not gotten coffee with someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have such a strong hustle that you recognize that hustle in in return where you can you can sense based off of the email, based off of the approach, based off of how they reached out to you whether or not they're serious or they're kind got of just it. like I just kind of want to hang out for an hour and get to know you because I've done that too got where it's more it. of like hey I kind of have an idea can you meet me and I'll go and then I'm like this was such a waste of time like got they, it. you don't have any idea you you know 
know, and that was really what they said. They're like, well, I don't really know. I just thought, you know, I would kind of give you this idea and see what you think about it. And okay, I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know. So you think it's about the approach, the email, yeah, the initial exactly. reaching out. It's how you I agree. It. Yeah. It's kind of like relationships. Like, you know what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I love this quote. Someone said, I forget, my friend Remy, actually, mm-hmm. she told me, she was like, if a guy likes you, you'll know. If he doesn't like you, you'll be confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, it's yeah. just all via it's texting. So like, you know. You, you know. know what I mean? You, you just know, convinced you know. yourself of yes. something else. I'm like, well, he said, he, I, he thought I was cute once. Like, that does yeah. not mean no. he likes no. me. But like, you fixate on that one thing that yeah, you like, said well, that one Yeah, I'm like, well, he said time. it on December 3rd at yeah, 3.30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So who are your favorite podcasts to listen to besides Skinny Confidential? Anyone else? Oh, I like the Goop podcast. Uh-huh. I like Chelsea Handler's uh, Same. Life Will Be the Death of Me podcast. Yeah. That's on here. I like the Skimmed from the Couch. Okay. That's a really good one. So you like to learn. I like to learn. I like to learn and occasionally I like to laugh. So I'll do like a Heather McDonald podcast. Love Heather McDonald. Yes. Who has been your favorite guest on your podcast? I would say my favorite guest was it was the it was my 100th episode on No Filter and I had Jenny McCarthy on the show mm-hmm. and I know Jenny McCarthy is a very controversial celebrity a lot of people have very strong she's like Gwyneth Paltrow you have very strong feelings yeah. you either really like her or you really don't like her I've worked with her for the past 10 years and she's wow. been one of my greatest mentors why have you um, worked with her for the last 10 years my brother has autism she had an autism foundation that I found they gave my family a grant helped us afford a doctor and Wow. Get a supplement protocol together. And it was just a really great program that I was like, okay, I want to work for this foundation. I want to volunteer for this foundation, yes. whatever. I know you're super involved yeah. with that. I was like literally reading yeah. your Wikipedia page. So, when so I that's was, amazing. When I was 15, 16, I was like, can I come into the office and volunteer for my summer? And they're like, you're a high school kid and you want to come in and volunteer for your summer? Like, well, we can use the extra hands, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I did. And I remember I was like, can I just come every day of the week? And they're like, you're not in school. Why would you want to come in every day of the week? Yeah. Volunteer here. Yeah. And I did for the summer. And then eventually I started working for Jenny, doing like small temp jobs, like an assistant to her assistant, promoting her book tours, stuff like that. So and she was very involved. Very involved. Just took an interest in me. And so I eventually started working for the foundation, worked my way all the way up, became executive director. Wow. And recently ended my term there. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. That is incredible. So, so that was my favorite interview, which happened a couple 
years ago is our 100th episode on No Filter. And it was just because it was a chance for us to sit down and for me to like pick her brain in a different arena. Different way. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. And who's your dream guest? Probably Gwyneth Paltrow. Really? Yeah. Why? I just, I don't know. I'm fascinated with what she's built with Goop and fascinated with the fact that like she takes on so much online criticism and people really hate her. But like she is just so strong in who she is despite all of that negativity that like I just have such a respect for that. Why do you think people hate her so much? I think because she uh, it's funny I had her chief content officer on our show and she said that like you know Gwyneth is just a very polarizing figure where you know she's unapologetically herself and I think that intimidates people. Got it. I think it's the same reason yeah a lot of people don't like Jenny because she is unapologetically herself. She shares what her opinions are. She shares what she thinks. She doesn't really you can't know, please everyone. You can't please everyone. And I think the people that try to please everyone are the ones that eventually, you know, fade out because they don't have a strong stance. They don't know who they are. Yeah, that's incredible. Have you listened to the podcast with Gwyneth on Dak Shepherds? No. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, Gwyneth or Chelsea Handler would be my, my other one. Uh, I'd love to have Chelsea. I love Chelsea Handler. Actually, Chelsea was on Dax's too. Is that what you said? I really, that? I yeah, yeah. To that one. Okay, listen to the one with Gwyneth. Also, Kate Hudson and her brother, Oliver mm. Hudson, were just on it, which is so good. He has some really good ones. Also, like another him. one of my favorites is Busy Phillips mm. on Dax Shepard's podcast. Did you know that she dated Tom Hanks's son? No. Yes. Colin Hanks. Yes. Wow. Colin Hanks. And basically when Tom Hanks was like in his prime, like she would like go over to her boyfriend's house and that was Tom Hanks's house. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine? That's wild. Yeah. So anyway, and she would be like on premiere, like red carpet is like with Colin Hanks, like just chilling, like for Tom Hanks is like big movie. It's so interesting. You have to listen to it. Anyway, what other magazines besides Pop Sugar have you written for slash do you write for? I've written for Men's Health. That one actually kind of broke my heart because it ended because the company went through a transition and they got bought out. So the editors that I was working for, some of them ended up leaving the company. Got it. So I kind of just ended up losing that because I was so excited when I got yeah. that and I'd written my first article and it got published got a ton of shit for it really why Which, understandably so it was a hair gummy the vitamin yes yeah okay. where I tested it out and then it was in the process of when I first bleached my hair to see if like my hair would stand up to the rough process of bleaching and people were really upset because they're like it's a it's a gummy that's supposed to be for people that are losing their hair and you have a full head of hair so like I understood oh. I understood but I was like whatever so I did that article which was great and then I had written a second article where I had all these like great doctors and experts and we dive deep into the collagen craze and that one never got published because that's when the transition happened. Got so you. I missed that one. And then a lot of other smaller publications. Okay. So growing up, were you always into writing? Like, did you love English class? Like, how did you get into becoming a writer? When the idea of me writing my first book kind of came up, I was like, I can't write a book. I was 15 at the time. I was like, I can't write a book. I can't even write an essay and get an A. Yeah. Like, you know, I was so bad at school, but I was just really good with words. Yeah. And I loved to talk. Uh-huh. And so it was really just because somebody said, like, uh, you should write a book. Everyone reads books from, like, the moms that have kids with autism, but nobody understands the sibling perspective. Yeah. It's a unique perspective. Just sit down at a computer and write. And then my mom was like, yeah, why don't you do that? Like, just do it and see what happens. And then I started writing and really kind of fell in love with that. That was the first book that I actually read 
that where I realized like you don't have to be some major scholar to like yes to, to write like, a book to write a book like you can have a personality and you can cuss in your books and you can ha- be unfiltered and you can share really personal anecdotes and like be honest and real mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be you, you have know, to be Lord a celebrity yeah. yeah 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 Lord of the Flies like some iconic <laughs> you know that's great I think it's so impressive that you have written four books four books yeah writing my fifth right now wow and you're so young 26 you're so young <laughs> that's insane you wrote your first one at 15 first one at 15 and have they all been about autism no so the first one was more of just like a, a compilation book I had like fam- other families in the community share their stories and their experiences with autism to kind of show like a full 360 view of what autism Got it. is and so a lot of it was like me you know guiding the book but I shared a lot of other stories in it second book was humor essays about my time as an activist and realizing like people are like batshit crazy in that community yeah. and then my third book because this is when I was like doing stand-up for a couple of years my third book was called When Life Hands You Lemons Throw Them at People oh and it was my a gosh. book about like just kind of owning you know owning your inner yeah. crazy and, and you know using it to build a career for yourself or to build you know yeah. to lead on your dreams and then the, my fourth book was the one that was really like a memoir about autism and my brother and that's where I got, got it. really personal obviously autism is so near and dear to your heart why did you decide that you wanted to actually write a book on it and like actually make it such a huge part of your life yeah I think my brother was diagnosed when I was about 11 ish okay so so you were kind of older uh, yeah I was older he was about three at the time I was about 11 and then I just remember my mom took a really strong activist role and was like really you know trying to rally in the community and try to get him services and I just saw her hustle to help him yeah and I was like I want to be a part of this got it you know especially because it didn't seem like like my aunt was also really helpful but like it didn't really seem like everybody else was on board to like really go above and beyond yeah. like I wanted to like jump in because I felt like I think I felt a responsibility as the oldest yeah to be like I need to take care of him uh-huh. um, and then around the time that I was 15 and I just saw how much work my mom had done in the community I was like okay I want to get involved yeah too. and then I hosted a fundraiser which had a couple hundred people it was really local here in Los Angeles but we raised like two thousand dollars I mean yeah that's incredible. I, was, I was 15 and I was like I what I can raise money like this is really cool and I put this whole thing together I got the LA Dodgers to come out and play ball with the kids oh like, my god I got city council like now I look back and I was like meeting with city council That's to get insane. them to like cover the expenses for this event but it was just because I had that brazen and that you know that fire that, in you. that fire and I was also naive and dumb enough to believe that I could actually make an impact yeah and I think you're innocent and naive enough at that age yeah. to really believe that you can make an impact completely and, change the world. and nothing's and intimidating think, exactly and I think that's you know what really led my fuel but at the same time it also came with a lot of harsh backlash from other people because there were like a lot of older people in that world and this is why I wrote my second book there were a lot of older people in that world that I think maybe didn't have that same fire and same passion so they were intimidated by the spitfire that was trying to you know believed he could change the world at that age got it so uh, how many siblings do you have I'm the oldest of seven so my dad did not like to use birth control <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. wow okay so you're the oldest mm-hmm. wow this, everything makes sense to me now <laughs> why like you're such a go-getter and stuff so having your brother be diagnosed with autism what was that like for you and your family <laughs> It was interesting. Nobody really explained to me what autism was. Like, I yeah, just knew did you, it was did just, all of a sudden one day you were like, your yeah, brother yeah. has autism, this is what it is or what? So it was, 
interesting because I had so many siblings before my brother Ethan came along that I thought I knew I, I like had this big brother thing down. I was like, I got this. Like, yeah. I'm going to build, you know, I need to get a paycheck for this because I'm doing so damn good. <laughs> I need a raise. And by the time Ethan came along, he was responding very, you know, traditionally as, as the rest of them did. And then eventually about when he was 18 months, he had like a really uh, intense regression where he stopped talking. He stopped making eye contact and he just like lost all of those skills that he had developed over the past several months. That and was me, that something that you knew or it was something that I noticed, but I didn't understand. Got it. So the adults were having still very young. Yeah, yeah. the adults were having a conversation about like milestones and maybe taking him to therapy and speech delay. To me, that was way over my head. Where I was just like, my brother's just suddenly lost interest in me, and he like, and I took it personal. I was like, he just has no interest in like, you know, I'm failing as a big brother because I was so good to all the rest of them, and now this one just wants nothing to do yeah. with me. He won't laugh when I try to play with him. He won't respond. He won't make, look me in the eye, and so I took it really personal like not being responsive correct and then eventually once the diagnosis came again it was never really a conversation that was had with me it was a word that I had heard and we would go to like therapy and take him to you know ABA and OT and again I didn't even know what those things meant I just knew these are services he needed yeah and then that's when I decided I really wanted to take on a much bigger role to be like okay I want to help him because I feel like this is my responsibility to take care of him did everyone just kind of I know you said your mom really jumped into caring and helping for him like explain to like people like me that I have no idea I can't even imagine what that's like like what was that actually like for you I mean, it really shifted the family dynamic, and I think everybody responded and processed it very differently. Okay. I know my stepfather, who is Ethan's father, he, you know, he wasn't really involved, wasn't really engaged. I don't know. He just wasn't really there or present for it, which is, I think, another reason I just, I felt such a responsibility to step up. But no, it was really hard for the family, especially because my mother was doing all of this research, and, you know, she was like, okay, I researched, you know, gluten, and gluten just seems to be really hard on his body and maybe we should like try a gluten-free diet for him and then my grandparents were very traditional they're like no you can't put him on a diet like they just didn't understand yeah. it and they're and she was like well you know maybe we should give him like fish oil supplements you know because trying to do any vitamins yeah she's like i'm reading these things and these parents are seeing these results and like you know i just want to try i want to try this and everyone was like no you're gonna give him vitamins and you're gonna you know take gluten away you're gonna deprive him of having fun and it was just it was a really tough time and then i even had my uncle who was like well I researched that and that's not true and it's all bogus and quackery but it was like but we were starting to implement these things and starting to see the results and like it was something and it was working whether it was magic or quackery whatever it was it was working and you know and that's another reason I saw the pushback that my family was giving my mom that I was like no she needs an ally in this and I need to jump into the ring and really help her and I came in hardcore I remember I got him like one of the best doctors in the country how'd you do that? Well, through all of my work, I built so many connections, connections. over a couple of years. That is incredible. That, and it was that. the doctor that helped Jenny with her son. Okay, so here's another thing that I did, because you always have to think about, like, if we can't afford it, because, like, these doctors, some of them, because they don't accept insurance and they're specialty doctors, they cost, like, five, $600 an hour. Yeah. Oh. You can't afford 500 no. So I was like, okay, how am I going to, you know, figure out a way for us to pay for this? So I ended up talking to a film producer who I went to college with, 
And I was like, let's do a documentary and let's document all of this. And through that, I was able to get a lot of his treatments covered. I got him an infrared sauna. We redid his room, got it painted with non-toxic paint. We got him a whole new non-toxic bed just because we were doing so much research in the documentary that was showing that like, which now years later, we realized that like, you know, food does play an impact on your body and Uh your mental clarity and you don't do paint with lead anymore. And when you sleep on a bed and it's off gassing and has chemicals coming out of it, like that is unhealthy for you. Like all of these things that we learned that we explored in the documentary. And I was like, look, if we're going to do it, then let's do it and let's film all of it. Wow. So did you get a grant to film? Like, or were people like more willing to do things for free since you were filming it for a doc? Because I had done, they were willing to do it for free or through different sponsorships and partnership deals that we had worked out. And how old were you at the time of this? At this point, I was 18, 19. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So do you think you had an extra fire underneath your butt because this was your brother and this was so yeah. close to home? It was so personal. And I and just you needed to do anything a, you could. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so my like gosh. The books. And it was hard because even a lot of people were like, you're doing books and you're doing a documentary. Like you're now you're just capitalizing off of your brother. And they didn't realize that, like, I was doing all of this, not necessarily for the attention for myself, but because this is what was gaining us access to the doctors, yes. to the treatments to afford all of this. Stuff. Yeah. Like I knew like it was way out of reach for what we could financially yeah. do. Like I didn't make shit off of the documentary. If anything, I lost money off of so many projects and stuff that we did. But it was really just one because I was the main purpose was to help him. And yeah. then the second purpose was to then use our story to help other people. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. The one thing that has kept me sane throughout the 75 hard challenge, and more importantly, has kept me hydrated the most, is liquid IV. Y'all, when I tell you, I literally crave liquid IV. Like the lemon lime flavor lives rent-free in my head. First of all, it just always quenches my thirst, but it is perfectly sour and has that tangy taste to it. And it's just so good. Like a nice cold, crisp glass of liquid IV. Oh my gosh. Sounds so good. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. 
So I actually just taste tested all of the flavors for you guys, the pear, the white peach, the green grape, and the lemon lime. And I have to tell you, I still think lemon lime is my favorite. <laughs> but my second favorite is green grape. And then my third favorite, believe it or not, is pear. I'm actually shocked by how much I like pear. And then in fourth place for me was the white peach. My favorite thing about liquid IV is how convenient it is, especially because I am always on the go. I am booked and busy, and I'm sure you guys are too. So being able to pack it so easily in a purse or a carry-on or whatever the case is, like my work bag, I always have a liquid IV in there because throughout my day, I get so thirsty and nothing truly satisfies my thirst craving other than a liquid IV. Like it is so good. I literally want to make one right now. And listen, drinking water is great. Like I've been drinking so much water while doing the 75 hard challenge, but one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you way better than water alone. And I love it because I feel like it actually revives me. And the best part about it is that there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TK at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TK at liquidiv.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's your relationship now like with your brother? It's different. It's it's changed a lot because he's gotten a lot older and I've also had, now he's like 18 uh-huh. and I've also had to become mindful of like, we at some point I had to be like, okay, we can't keep pushing our story and putting it out there because like he's getting older and I want to make sure we respect his privacy. Yeah. Especially because he like became a teenager and then like started going through puberty during Got filming it. and I was yeah. like, right now that now we're like, this is a bit too much and I don't want him to like be 21 one day and look back and be like, you, yeah. you know, I was, why'd you, you do know, that? Yeah. I was a teenager. I was going through puberty and that was an awful time for me and I was like okay at some point like you know I kind of had to take a step back and then it was also challenging because like I had such an active role that I think it allowed my mother to kind of take a back seat in certain things uh-huh. and so I would become frustrated with like well I'm getting us access to the doctors and to all of these treatments and uh-huh. so I think she kind of you know like took a back seat and yeah. so it felt like I was putting in a little more of the effort uh-huh. to the point where I was like okay I kind of need to step back and let her step back up to the plate yeah. and also realize and I also got to a point where I felt like I was starting to like parent her and it was hindering my relationship with my mother to the point where I was like, okay, like this is now a a point where I need to start to have my own life and like allow her to be the mom to my brother. And that was really hard was relinquishing that control and letting go. Oh my gosh. I mean, you literally sound so wise beyond your (laughs) years. Like I literally, I can't even imagine going through what you go through, but thank you so much for sharing all of that. Do you talk about it? I haven't talked about it in a really long time. Yeah. Like even like in thinking back to a lot of that stuff, I was like, wow, I forgot. It. I mean, my last book, which was the uh, the one about our lives is back in 2014. So it's yeah. been, it's been so it's five been years. Yeah. It's been yeah. Do you think that it's important for people to have something near and dear to their heart, to have something that's bigger than them to like help out with like a cause or something? 
Yes, that's when you're actually going to care and you're going to be willing to put in the grunt work. And it was interesting because there came a point where I had to shift out of autism and then I was shifting into this world of like pop culture and lifestyle where, you know, we I interview celebs and I, you know, pick their brains about sex and their dating life. And yeah. that's such a contrast. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to go from being an activist and running a foundation and helping families and like having that direct kind of oh, activism and then being like, this feels so selfish of me to walk away and then host a pop culture yeah. show after all of this that but at the same time I was like but look at one of my other passions aside from helping people is like really making people laugh and I've been doing stand-up since I was 18 yeah. and I've done like the comedy store and the laugh factory and yeah. Gotham in New York you know that was always kind of a passion pop culture I've always geeked out over yeah. and there's just like a deep appreciation I'm like look you can have that balance you can have both you can, yeah well wow, what a great example for and, people yeah and like my passion shifted from you know helping people in that way to like now I love to like make people laugh and how people learn new things in a way that's an relatable fun and entertaining way. and Got fun. It. Yeah. Agreed. I love that. I think it's so cool that you have so much more to you than like the housewives and the yeah. gossip and the fun dating stuff. Even though for me, that's so fun too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you also grew up in LA. What was that like? Oh, girl, I grew up in the hood. I grew up in the hood. It took me a <laughs> long time. You just sounded like Jeffree Star when you said that. <laughs> I. It took me a long time to even kind of embrace that. For the longest time, I felt like I was just trying so hard to get out uh-huh. that I didn't really own the fact that, like, I, you know, grew up right outside of downtown, but, like, in the not-so-nice part of downtown, like, where we grew up, like, I mean, we live in downtown now, but, like, you didn't mess with downtown yeah. when I was growing up. Like, it was scary. That's what it people was, say. Like, people yeah. say it was, like, the walking dead. Like, no one came. Yeah. Downtown. No, you would avoid it like the plague if you could. But yeah, I grew up here. Why? Was there just nothing here? There was a lot of gang violence. There was a lot of homeless people. It was just unsafe. But yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. I've always been in Los Angeles. I've really had no desire to ever leave. But I lived in the heart of LA up until I was about 17. And then when I was 17, because I was also going to school out here and I was in high school. And I at that point, I was like, okay, I'm ready to really focus on my career. Because at that point, like my first had come out my second book was coming out and I told my mom I was like okay I'm, I did this traditional high school thing I'm done with it I found an online homeschooling program I'm gonna move in with my grandparents in West Covina I've already talked wow. to the principal I already talked to the deans everybody thinks oh my it's gosh, a terrible you're so like independent I was like everybody thinks it's a terrible idea and they hate it but I've already signed your your signature on the paperwork and this is happening and she's like okay I support you wow so do you think this all is like making sense to me because like you take initiative and you make things happen that you want to happen. And I was about to ask you because I saw that you have Nicole Lappin is I saw that you have had her on your podcast mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, I've literally read her book. Yeah. Rich Bitch. And I was like one of the first finance and also gaining value, like bettering myself, like learning books yeah. that I like decided to read just because I wanted to, not because I had to or like mm-hmm. school, like a professor or a teacher was telling me to. And I loved it. And I, I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give someone that are like other podcasters to get all these awesome dope guests. I know there's a whole thing about like maintaining the relationship or starting it or initiating it or whatever, but what are some tips you would give someone to like meet high profile people and and make it a normal thing, like maintain friendships, things like that. It's funny. I remember when I was first doing the whole fundraising thing at like 15, 16, there was a park director. And I remember when I was trying to get them to donate the park for us to use for the event. And I I kept calling her and she'd be like, okay, I have a meeting on Tuesday. So I'd call her at Tuesday at 10 a.m. And then eventually she, just, she told my mom, she's like, your son is just very persistent. 
And that's really what it is. It's about persistence and it's really just about making the move. I think too many people overthink like, how am I going to do it and where am I going to do it? And it's really just reach out, find the email on Instagram. If it's a celebrity, you can find their publicist contact on like IMDb Pro, like the information's out there. A lot of people have personal websites where they have management teams that you can contact, form submissions, or you can DM people on Instagram. I think it really just starts with taking the first step and being like, okay, I'm just going to put in a cold ask and then if you don't hear back maybe follow up send a follow-up email yeah I, I mean there have been so many guests that I've had to follow up with I mean Lauren Everett's from the Skinny Confidential I had to follow up with them for months before and they kept rescheduling yeah. and like you know they're just you just have to be persistent and you have to be willing to just go out there and put yourself out there is like, there a such thing as following up too much or reaching out too much I think you know that point you okay. know that point where the company's just like really not interested. Like it, it's or, not yeah, happening. You know it's not happening. And then maybe you try again like in six months or a year later when Got like it. your when platform you're more has grown. Yeah. But like, look, I'll give you an example. When I first started No Filter, you know, people say there's no money in podcasting, but I got my first paid sponsorship deal right when the show started. How'd you get your sponsorship? Found the marketing director. So the first sponsor I ever had was Califia Farms. Which oh, really? Is milk brand. And loved the almond milk brand. Love them. Did so much research online to find an email to the marketing director and I just reached out to her. I put together this, you know, ghetto little pitch deck that was really just like a Word document. Got her on the phone with me. That's always kind of my strategy is always do your best to get them on the phone because if you can get them for 10 minutes and like you can make that sale. Got you it. know, versus an email or a pitch deck. Like it just, it takes- It's not as easy to say no. Yeah, exactly. I remember after my first conversation with her, my pitch was for $400 mm-hmm. and it was to, instead of the traditional 30 second ad read, I was like, what I want to do is do a drink of the week that's a a cocktail that Uh incorporates your products and so they're you know cocktails that I'll design I'll do all the photos and everything and we'll make it the drink of the week of the show I'll tag you guys in the description whatever whatever it's a hundred dollars per episode but you have to buy four episodes and she's like okay sure 400 bucks and that was like my first deal oh my god three years later come to adulting same strategy but in adulting we had raised twenty thousand yeah. Wow. Launching adulting, using the same principles, but having a little more, you know, brazen to ask for a little more money. And at that point have, a, you know, a little bit more leverage. So do you do all of your own deals? Mm-hmm. And for people that like don't have managers or teams or agents and stuff, what do you suggest as far as like, should you reach out to brands that you only want to work with? How much should you be pitching yourself for? Things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, now we're also in a place where we're starting with Abrams, who is representing us for adulting. And so they're helping with some of the deals, which at first I thought they were going to be a much bigger, not necessarily that they're not a support, but I realized that I'm still the type of person that like really likes to take yeah. the initiative. Uh-huh. And like, I'm going to be my biggest advocate. So I'm constantly going out there and like pushing it. But I guess my advice would be you should always go with brands you already use and know. Got it. So always. it's just natural. Always. Like I have a friend, I won't say her name because she'll like bite my head off if I give it away, but she has a podcast and she's like, I went on, you know, Audible and I I signed up for their, you know, percentage deal or affiliate deal. And I went on, you know, this delivery service and I'm like, but do you use any of those things? And she's like, no, but all the other podcasts are doing it. I go, but like, you're not going to have the same passion behind yes. it or the same testimonials or the same story or, and people aren't going to feel that. It's same not going to be naturally integrated into the content. Exactly. And even if it's like a brand that doesn't want to pay you up front, show them some love on social media, show your followers that you are really interested in them. Eventually 
eventually they'll take notice of that. And you can even use that to build a case study. Be like, look at on my Instagram stories. On Everyone my Instagram knows account, I'm obsessed with look truly, at, blah, Everybody blah, knows blah. I'm obsessed with it. So it's the most organic fit. Yeah. My audience already knows that this is a thing. Like, give us a discount code, whatever. Got it. And then got when it, it comes it. to determining what your worth is, I was talking to a brand. A really I mean, even brand. me, like, I don't have representation, but mm-hmm. I do have a lot of friends in the industry that give me great advice. And even for me, like two days ago, this brand reached out to me and wanted to do an Instagram thing. And I was interested in the brand, very interested, knew the brand. I used the brand. I was like, perfect. And they're like, name your rate. And I'm like, oh God, like I have no idea what my rate is. You know what I mean? Like I've grown a little bit since my last deal. What do I say? And I like honestly just threw out a number that I thought was like, at first I was like going to lowball it. And then I was like, you know what, Taylor? I don't even really care. Like I don't need this brand deal. Like I'm just going to YOLO it. Right. So I did it a little more than I typically do. And they literally no negotiation they were like yeah that's perfect I was like so shook so I was like how the heck do I know what to say and what not to say I think you have to really I mean because there's like the traditional advice that's like know your worth but then you have people out there that are like trying to make $30,000 deals off of like one Instagram post yeah like you have to calm down yeah and I was having a conversation (laughs) with the brand the other day where they're like the rates are just so all over the market that like we don't even understand what it is yeah and so I think one thing you have to remember is that it is a very competitive market. You always want to make sure that your rates are competitive, but at the same time, you always want to make sure that you're providing some additional value or clout or something. So with me, when it comes to brand deals, I never like to do a one-time podcast mention or a one-time Instagram post. I like to do a whole package. And so what I do is I... That's really smart. mm -hmm, And so I leverage email. I leverage Instagram. I leverage Facebook and Twitter because I think those are underutilized tools. I leverage the podcast. Like I try to put everything together and put packages. Got it. And I like to break them up into four different tiers at four different price levels. Got it. And so the thought is it's taking the traditional marketing rule of seven, where like a consumer has to see something seven times before they're willing to actually make the purchase, yes. which I think is so true. And like, if you have one influencer that's like, I'm only going to do a 30 second ad read, you know, whatever, whatever, like it doesn't give them as yes. much of an ROI and they want, you know, as much exposure for yes. what they're paying, you know? Yeah. So I like to just break them down into different tiers. And then what I do before before I even pitch them the price points is I'll send them the initial deck and then I'll try to get them on the phone. And then once I have them on the phone, I'm like, okay, what's your budget range for working with influencers or working in the podcasting world. Got it. What is your ballpark that you'd like to work within? And then I also ask them what their marketing objectives are and what they would consider an ROI to be from this partnership. Wow. That way they, one, know when I say marketing objectives and ROI, which were terms I had to learn, they think, oh, this is somebody that has their shit together. They, they know what you they're know, They know what they're talking and about. And it's like, what the heck do you want to make money off of? Yeah. Like, what, what do you want me to sell here? Yeah. And then based off of what their objectives are and what they're looking for, and all of the deals have been so unique, but based off of their objectives and based off of their budget price points, I can then break things down. Got and it. then one thing that I always like to remember too is like, go with the number that's going to make you feel accomplished or make you feel like you've won a victory and not like you're at your dire wits end just to pay your rent. Go with something that's okay. a little more than what you need. That makes because, you feel like, yes, I got yes, this deal. Because, and always take it up maybe about 10% more. Really? Because if they say no, you can, you come, can come back and be like, well, I'll give it to you at 
this discounted rate or I'll give it to you for this price. And then you still feel in that victorious. Okay. For me though, like I know it's just an in my head thing, but like what advice would you give even to me or like to people like me? I'm like, I feel crazy saying that rate. Right. Like just just do it. Just do it because like, I just don't want them to think like, oh my God, she's ridiculous for saying that. You're going to do it and they're going to say no. I've been told a million times. So many brands that have told me no a million times only to then eventually say yes. Okay. So the worst that's going to happen is they say no. The worst that can happen is they say no and you try again in six months. Got it. And when you come back in six months, make sure that you have proof that says my show has grown or this is changed. This is why I'm coming back to is because there's been some type of evolution or growth. Got it. So even when I come back to brands that we've worked with every season of the show, I'm like, this is what's different about this upcoming season. This is how much the show has grown. This is where I think you're going to see the most value. And And I like to get really creative with the different packages. Some brands want just like the brand awareness. So you make sure you do Instagram posts and you give them a lot of love. And then I remember there was one company that really wanted influencer engagement and I knew we had access to a lot of different people in the community Uh in their space or in their category and I was like look we'll bring your product we'll have it available in studio we'll give the guests free product and then if they like it I'm happy to help foster that connection so you can build upon that relationship and so that was a really big thing that the brand was interested in and then you know they ended up making really great connections with people that's amazing so you kind of were the connect for that yeah which normally you know they can colds ask the influencers team but like there's no guarantee that anything's gonna happen and also it's more organic organic. yeah it's more organic when you're like wait what like even when you give me the blondie i'm like wait i actually love this drink like i want to do a deal like i want to drink it yeah i want to do a deal with them like you know what i mean stuff like that so that's actually really great advice like for me it's weird because i'm so immersed in this influencer world and i work for one and stuff but it's like i have no idea about the deals and stuff like that's all manager and agent stuff but the reality is and I'll tell you nobody knows what they're doing okay. nobody knows <laughs> not, even, they feel not good. even the managers I'm realizing because like I'm like this is my strategy and this is how I would approach it and they have a very different approach, approach. and you know way about going about certain things and I kind of like to push a yeah. little bit and I'm like but I think this will give us more value or this will you know make a little more money or be a little more beneficial for the brands or for everyone involved and you know the reality is it's such a unique time that like everybody's trying to figure it out brands are trying to figure it out agents are trying to figure it out and nobody has that system down that as long as you walk into the room acting confident like you have it like you know like you know they're going to trust you more as the authority because look at if there are two influencers and they both come into the pitch room and one of them's confident and like I'm going to give you an ROI at the end of the day yeah. and another one comes in and is like I don't know what do you mean yeah they're going to be like I'm going to go with the one that's confident yeah. even if she doesn't know what she's doing yeah. she's making she's it all confident. up yeah. 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 yeah 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 okay got you I love that thank you so much for sharing that let's get into the polls. Let's get into the polls. We had some fun polls. Yeah, we do. Okay. So would you, this is like, so like hard hitting, like the first poll, would you ever have sex with a porn star? Yeah. Okay. So to explain the story you told me. Okay. So I'm like, Hey Zach, so I do polls on my podcast. Like, do you have any like juicy dating ones? This is his first suggestion. So I'm like, well, actually I have a really unique story. I was like, I accidentally ended up having or trying to have sex with a retired porn star. And it was really where we'd met on an app. We'd been talking for a while. And I was like, why don't you come what over? App? I think it was Tinder. 
Okay. And I was like, why don't you come over and, you know, we'll have drinks. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll come over. He lived, you know, locally and he wasn't too far. So he comes over and then he shows up at my door with a, a Spectrum tote bag. Okay. I was like, why do you have a tote bag? I'm like, what do you, yeah. are you spending the night? Like, what do you, I didn't invite yeah. you to spend the night. I invited you for a drink. And then he's like, oh no, it's my laptop. I brought my laptop with me. And I was like, why'd you bring your laptop? Uh-huh. I was like, do you have work to do? And he's just like, no, I just thought, you know, we could watch porn. And I was like, well, what? First, I was like, first of all, I'm offended that you don't think I have my own laptop and, and yeah. or television to watch porn on. And then I was like, okay, this is strange. I'm like, well, whatever. And so I'm like, okay. He brings his own laptop. To watch porn. I was like, we're, we're having a drink. Like, what do you, what is happening? Were you like so taken back? Were you like, I was really what? taken Nobody's ever showed up to my house with a laptop to watch porn before. Also, like, when that was he just said so that, unique. like, what did you do? I was like trying to be funny and trying to make a joke of it. And I was like, oh, haha. I was like, well, would you ever do porn? And then he's like, actually, I did. I've done porn in the past. And I was like, what do you, you've like, you're a porn star. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, can I watch? He's like, what kind of porn do you want to watch? I was like, can we watch your porn? And I didn't expect him to say yes. And he was like, yeah, sure. And so he's putting on his porn. Oh, watching it. it was the my... most cringeworthy. At this point, were you just like playing along with this for like entertainment purposes? Or Yes. And or were you actually, actually into him? Both. I w- it was 60% for entertainment and 40% because there was a chance that I would have sex with him. I feel like if someone said that to me, I would be like, please leave right now. No, I was like fully, I was like, if I'm in this, then I'm going to go all the way. And then, so eventually like, you know, we started making out and then, you know, we tried to have sex, but he couldn't get it up because probably because he watches so much damn porn, but he couldn't get it up because, oh, he said his neighbor had just died yesterday. His neighbor was murdered. And I was like, whoa, this is just getting crazier and crazier. This literally sounds like a movie. It it felt like a movie. Like and I was, craziest it was movie. funny because I was also like texting my friend Katie and sending her like Instagram stories of everything that was going on. So she was like dying because she was living it in real life. But yeah, he's like, it's just been, there's just been a lot of stress on my mind and all of this stuff. And he's like, but you know what, what I can do is I have a dealer and my dealer can get me Viagra, but it'll take him about 45 minutes. What? So what'd you do? Were you like, please leave? And at that point I was like, yeah, you gotta go. I was like, I'm not going to wait. Cause at, at that point it was like 11 and I was like, I'm not going to wait 45 minutes oh. for you to get a pill and then take your pill and then I was like no at this point we're done like I'm sorry homie swipe left like this is done like I've had enough like I've had to deal nurse you through your your murdered neighbor which I don't know how true that story was and I literally my jaw is like dropped like what yeah but I mean if he got it up there was a good like 70% chance we probably would have had sex okay so 14% said yes they would 86 percent no. I mean, I guess porn stars aren't really well, th- and this is the reason I mostly don't watch girls porn. are saying yes too. Well, yeah, because wow. you, because you got the guys in porn like have you know a giant penis and they just look like they know what they're doing, but that's not really the case. Okay, a few of my oh my god, a few of my guy friends are saying yes. I'm very Naturally. uncomfortable. It's weird when I like see people you know. Yeah, I'm like okay. I actually went on a date recently with a guy that used to be a porn producer. Okay, and he used to I guess like I don't know direct porn. I don't know what he did exactly. He had a production company that he was telling me about. And he was just saying that like, it's it's not what people expect it to be. Like, it's really rehearsed and like... I've heard it's very a like... video takes like six hours to shoot and you have to reshoot and it's like, it's exhausting. I've heard it's very a real production. Like, it's very it like, you're on set, you're an actor. It's yeah. not like... 
it's, it's like people weird. would expect. Yeah, and it's like weird because there's all these camera people. It's just like very like a real production. And, it's, you know, I mean, same with like I have worked for big studios and stuff before. And like when they film like sex scenes or like yeah. even makeout scenes, like it's so weird because it's like literally there's a camera awkward. right in your face, like like camera guys everywhere yeah, or girls. And it's just like it's so strange. Yeah. And like I don't like to watch porn only because I'm I'm so weird. I when I watch it, I'm always just thinking about like where did this person like what happened in their life to the point where they felt like this yeah you're to thinking be a deep into did it. Did they think that it was going to be a fun process and now they're hating it or do they have like daddy issues that they're trying to work yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm always like overanalyzing the situation. Yeah, I'm not into the whole thing, but I find it very fascinating, yeah. especially the whole production side yeah. of it. Just because like I'm a production nerd. Anyway, would you ever do porn? That's your next question. I don't think I would ever do porn. No. I definitely would never. <laughs> I don't think I would ever. Do- I would never bang a porn star. Why? I just, it doesn't sound appealing to me. Anyway, 7% said they would, they said yes. They would do porn? Here. Really? Yeah. Wow, these results are surprising. Why? What did you think? Well, I mean, no, I guess that's pretty standard. I wouldn't expect most people to do porn. Oh, wow, I guess the a fact lot that of girls. Even like, yeah, it would do porn. I'm honestly shocked. I'm interested too because we just posted these and like already a couple thousand have voted, but I'm interested to see tomorrow which the actual results yeah, are yeah, because yeah. like after 24 hours. Should you talk about kids and marriage on a first date? Yes. I always do. Why? Because I feel like, look, I'm all about the efficiency. Like, I need to know if your plans are to, you know, be a photographer in Ohio in five years and like swipe left. Like, I like it's not going to work out. I'm not moving to Ohio so you can pursue your dreams of like shooting photography of potatoes. What do they have in Ohio? I don't know. I, that's, I, don't, <laughs> that's I, don't, I, don't, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'll probably get shit for that. But yeah, I just I need to know up front if this is going anywhere. Got it. Like, so what are your thoughts? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Um, I'm open to marriage. I don't want to have a wedding. I definitely want to have children. And I've already made up my mind that like if I'm in my early to mid 30s and I don't have any real potentials, like I'll have a family on my own. Love that. I feel like that's a very LA thing. Yeah. But people don't really get married until after like 30. Yeah. Anyway, like 30s is a new 20. I would say definitely. Well, not definitely, but no, I wouldn't talk about kids or marriage. You think you have to wait? I think wait to talk about it. Why? Because here's the thing. I feel like as the girl, if I brought that up, the guy would be like, oh my God, this girl's psychotic. This girl's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Because girls are like, apparently to all guys were quote crazy. Right. So like, I I would just expect guys immediately to be like, oh my God, this girl's so crazy. I would never. I mean, but I also do it in a way that's kind of like cheeky and like joking. Yeah. But like also kind of picks their brain. I don't know. I, well, I mean, I guess I, I do it very like bluntly lead to the point where it kind of catches them off guard but it's yeah. not like aggressive in a way that's like I'm trying to get married like I just I don't know but I do you think to- would you actually recommend girls to say that because like I wouldn't recommend my friend do that my like, girlfriend I mean there's something to be said that the fact that I'm still single <laughs> There's something to be said about that. Like, I'm not saying that this tactic works, but I do think you should add, it's important to, maybe not on the first maybe date, you maybe just I'm a little know too aggressive, intentions. but I think it's important to get those things out of the way right away, especially because like now I'm at the point where it's like, I'm not 19 and dating just for love and believing that love's going to win at the you end of the day. You don't want to waste time. No. And like, I'm also at the point where like, I'm dating for compatibility and, you know, trying to be practical about it and yeah. trying to be like, I want to start a family and that's something that's important to me. Uh-huh. And so I 
think it's important to whatever your values and whatever is important to you in a relationship, it's important to know those answers sooner rather than later. I, yeah, I understand the intention behind it for sure. Only 13% said yes, you should talk about kids and marriage on the first date. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. A lot of girls are saying it. Okay, next one. When should you first have sex with someone? First three dates, like within the first three dates or after three dates? My rule used to be after the first three dates, just because I'm like, we really need to build interest and whatever. And now I'm just at the point, again, back to the efficiency. Like, I'm just like, You're we, just need not wasting time. we need to get this out right <laughs> away so I can see if this is worth the investment. Uh, no, like, I definitely respect that, but I'm definitely voting after three dates. You know what I do, though, is I like to go speed dating. Okay, you talked about this in the podcast I was listening to you on. What the heck does that mean? So it's basic. I mean, it's like what you would imagine. It's like you're going on 20 different dates and it's with 20 different guys. And all of the dates are like six minutes long. Wait, how does this? Is this like a group activity? Mm -hmm. You can buy tickets to it. I've done it four times now. And you basically you go to a bar. Everybody's there. You actually speed date. Oh, my gosh. And did they have this for everyone? Like anyone Mm -hmm. can do it. They have it for guys and girls, girls and girls and guys and guys. Wow. That's crazy. I've done it four times now, but I mean, what if you talk to someone for six minutes and you're like, oh my God, I think this is my person. Okay. So you also have a scorecard where you keep track. Yeah. You have a scorecard where you write their names down and like how you would rank them. And then at the end of the night, you pick your top five, you turn in your scorecard with your top five to the organizer. Yeah. And then if you both have listed each other in your top five, they match you and connect you the next morning. Connect you like with numbers or something yeah. oh that is insane and how do you sign up they have them on eventbrite okay. I, just, I just googled it one day and i found and it. like and how much I is it me. like how much is a ticket i think it's like 25 bucks oh my god that is so cool yeah. see i feel like my podcast should like host something like that i've been wanting to do something like that. literally yeah especially because i feel like for me and my friends i don't know if you like know through my instagram but i always talk about guys that i call 307s okay basically it's like there's no cool straight chill guys i feel like in la mm. like that i have yet yeah, to yeah. Meet. there's like all these like model actor blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. like i'm not into that yeah. like i just want a guy's guy yeah you know what i mean or a guy that like literally is in finance you know what i yeah. mean like a ra- See, you need a guy that grew up in la Really? Yeah. You think? Like, I feel like I know a lot of those types of guys, but it's because I grew up with them, you know? But, like, people that I've met through work or in the industry, like, they're not those types of guys. But also, I'm, like, I'm not in the financial district, so it's, like, I I guess I need to meet them guys, And most of the guys that grew up in L.A. are not trying to pursue a career in entertainment. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I would say after three dates, and so did 85% of the people. Interesting. Should you go on dates with people? you don't think you'll like I mean I'm not a big fan of that but so here's one thing that I actually learned through speed dating is when you're meeting these guys I would off of my first impression of just seeing them I would be like swipe left if I saw them on a dating app I would not have had yes. a conversation but when you see them in person when you experience them, them in person when you have a conversation with them in person like it's just such a different it's so different it's it's just way different and I have changed my mind about you know some guys yeah. You know, based off of meeting them.
them in person. I think you should always give somebody the benefit of the doubt. And I, based off of all the dating experts I've had on my shows, they all say like, it's good to go out with people that you maybe not necessarily are attracted to, or if they express interest, it's good to kind of, you know, give them a shot because maybe it's a bad date and it's a great story, or you at least get to kind of build your dating muscle. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Build your dating muscle. Mm -hmm. Like going to the gym. Oh my God. See, I feel like I need to do that. I would say as much as I don't want to say yes, I think yes, you should. You'd say yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like I don't like for me, like I don't listen to myself. Like when, when someone shows interest in me, I'm like, it's weird. Like when someone shows interest in me, I'm like, wait, but I don't like you. Like it's like, like, I don't know if it's a girl thing, but like homegirl over here, like loves like the chase or like loves the like, a lot of us love the chase. And then a lot of us and loves the idea of like winning someone over Mm -hmm. like whatever. But not only that, it's a lot deeper rooted. I had Dr. Dr. V who's a, a therapist on the adulting podcast recently. And she was saying that people, when they engage in that behavior regularly, it's because they don't necessarily feel like they deserve love or they're not ready to be in a relationship and they think that they are, but they're not really, Wow, they're not really ready. And so they're self-sabotaging. No, you're by probably very like right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I think, yeah, you should. And I should too. 52% said yes. Mm, that's good. So I feel like this is a, like exactly what I'm thinking in my head. Like, yeah, yeah I probably should, but yeah. 48% of me doesn't want to. Probably because most of them are in relationships and realize that they probably would have never guessed. Well, that I mean, definitely people that I've like developed a crush for or like have even dated. I was not initially into, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like definitely, it's like a deeper level thing. Is it embarrassing to admit you've met your significant other on a dating app? Oh, I kind of feel like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's becoming more normalized. It depends on the dating app. Like you don't want to be on like a sleazy dating app. Like what, like, or what would you consider sleazy? I guess for like a gay guy grinder. Yeah. Or like a, a scruff. I've never really been on like a scruff or like they have like other ones. Like I think squirt is, I don't know. They have like really gross names. But like you don't want to be like, I met my boyfriend on squirt. Yeah. I don't think that's a real, I don't think that's a real app. I hope that's, it's probably, I don't think that's a real Like for me personally, I don't think it's embarrassing at all to say you're met on a dating app. Like if I met you on Bumble, then I'm like, okay, like I wouldn't be like, you know. Especially, I don't know about you, but like all myself and like all my friends use Hinge. Yeah. And I feel like literally I've met so many like of my friends have met like their actual person they're going to marry through Hinge. So yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. At least in LA, it's so normalized. Like back home yeah. where I'm from, it's like more like, oh my God, you didn't meet on a picnic? Like what? But like, but because that's the norm. Yeah. There. But yeah. like for here, it's so normal to be on that. We don't have time. Yeah. Nobody's going on yeah. picnics here. Yeah. 74% said no, it's not embarrassing. It's becoming more normalized. Which I feel like that's great. Like literally if I would have done this like a year ago, I feel like it would have been way different yeah. percentage. Should you split the bill on a first date? Yes. What about, would you tell me that I should split the bill on a first date? Oh, that's a good question. Because you're saying for well, guys, right? Well, With guy I, think, and guy. I think... I'm saying for a girl. And yeah. A guy. It's interesting, and I probably might get shit for saying this as well, but at this point I'm used to it. I think it's it's interesting because we're in an era where there are a lot of women that like really are like, I want to be equal to a man. I want to be, you know, I want to be on the same playing ground. But yeah. I think that kind of blurs the lines for a lot of straight men that I've talked to. Not to say that this is an 
an excuse for them. No, to I, agree. I agree. But like, I think it blurs the lines for them where they don't know if it's appropriate to pay for the first date. They don't know if it's appropriate to open the they door. They don't want to offend. They don't want to offend you because people are being offended by, you know, not all, but some people are offended if you open the door because they think that that's a sign that they're not self-sufficient or they're not See, I'm a sucker for like the traditional yeah. dating. Like I love when a guy opens yeah. the door. But I, I love it when they are, pay. The lines are so blurred right now that like we're in an, in a time where we're relearning what the new norm is. Got it. You know? And so I think, I don't know. I th- Do I think a man should pay for a woman on a date? I think it's the traditional courteous thing to do to offer. To offer. To offer. Okay. Do you think the girl should be like, no, I got it. Or, or be like, um, no, 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 we can split. See, it's interesting because I still feel like I like the traditional, like the guy should pay and not allow the girl to pay. Like, I just like that. Tradition. Yeah. But do you think the girl should still offer? I think it's nice to offer only because I know I've been in situations with like friends and stuff where like I'll offer and if they don't play the oh let me get my wallet let me pretend then I'm kind of like oh then you're just expecting see, me to pay see I would I always offer just because I yeah. feel like Thanks. even if I want you to pay I'm still going to grab my wallet yeah. and act like I'm going <laughs> to yeah I still do the whole fake let me get my wallet yeah and I'm fully prepared to pay if I need to because I'm yeah. throwing that card out there but yeah I think it's a little offensive to me when people assume that because because I make more money that I'm responsible to pay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 53% said no, you should not split the bill. 47% said yes. Interesting. So more people And most don't. of my followers are girls. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but I also think that like there we've set a, a precedent of like the man should pay for the date. Okay, so here's where I think the other rule is like I think the person that asks the other person out should be should, the one yeah, to, to offer. initiate. Got yeah, it. I agree. Initiate. I agree. If completely. you ask that person no, out, matter what the yeah, exactly. no matter what the relationship is, I agree. Okay. If it's obvious that one person makes way more money than the other on a date, mm-hmm. are they expected to pay? The person with I don't more think money? they should be, no. No, I sh- I don't think they I think it goes back to the who asked who on the yeah. date. 82% said no. So glad people are not Good. in <laughs> Yeah, no, because I've just been in so many situations. I remember one time I even I had a group of friends on my show and we went out to eat because I always used to take my guests out to eat because we would do like eating tapings and we would go out to eat after we taped the show and it was like a birthday episode that I had taped that we yeah, had yeah, taped yeah. and so I had a couple of friends on and so the, then afterwards we went to dinner and so I'm expecting since this is a larger party like and we'll split it a couple of different ways but then there was like an expectation for me to cover the bill and I was like one it's my birthday and two like the fact that you guys are just expecting me to cover no, the tab I do was not a think little that's like okay. yeah yeah that rubbed me the wrong way oh but my I gosh I did not when like people that. do that it's just eh like if you assume somebody makes more money, they still let them offer. Yeah. And also it just has nothing to do with if someone makes more money than you, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with you expecting. Yeah. Like you should never expect that from yeah. them. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's my personal opinion. Agreed. But uh, I hope you had fun on I the pod. So Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having We talked about everything from like autism and hustle I to know. like I wanted to get through everything. No, but I, I love everything. I loved it because I think oftentimes you get to see only one side of a person and you don't get to see the... the yeah. I know. I think it helped because I honestly, you have so much to you that I like literally had to write out like exactly what I wanted to talk about. Please pimp yourself out and tell people where to follow you and find you and stuff. Yeah. My handle is just plain Zach, which is my website. Everything is just plain Zach all over the internet. And then I have two shows. Hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. We do pop culture breakdowns on Mondays and celebrity interviews on Wednesdays. And then hashtag 
adulting comes out on Tuesdays. Awesome. Yeah. Be sure to listen to our episode yeah. on hashtag no filter. Yes. It was so fun. So juicy. He even asked me some poll questions, which is super fun. And also be sure to follow me on Instagram at TK's Juicy Polls. Following me on Instagram, you can vote in the polls and participate in the podcast. So that's what this is all about. So make sure you do that. Leave a review and a rating on both of our podcasts. Go gas us up. And today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts.